Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope your weekend was good. I had a great weekend, and it's really nice to be back with you on this uh, first day of the week, or Monday. I love Mondays, and I'm going to start with Patrick, uh, time permitting. And then after Patrick, I'm going to have the Monday Afternoon Mix, and we have a special guest coming in for the Monday Afternoon Mix. Joanne Lundberg is going to be talking about the influence of grandparents. We've invited a guest into the Monday Afternoon Mix. I'm looking forward to that. And then Jared Stevens is going to be joining me. His book is called The Mountains Are Calling. And we're going to wrap up learning some Greek today with Pastor Chris Palmer, our Greek teacher who has uh, got a great book too on, on Greek. And we're going to learn some Greek today, which I love. But anyway, to get things started, let's start off with uh, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. A subsidiary of the prestigious town of West Des Moines. I, I am I am well, and I guess I thought it was weather permitting, not time permitting, for for me to makes more sense. Uh, you know, during uh, while I was on hold, I, I was speaking to Rosie. I did not know that she was one of ten ten children. Yeah, because I'm one of eight. Now, four of us had braces. Did she have a lot of braces in the family? Did they have to do the? Oh, she's coming on to tell you. We had okay. no braces because. There was no money for braces. I think we all needed them, but we didn't get them. No. Well, we all needed them. All eight of us needed them, but only four of us got them. Uh, <laughs> I was ju- I was just better at rock paper scissors than my brothers and sisters, <laughs> <laughs> so I was the lucky recipient. Uh, I was one of the four. You know, that did get the one braces. thing I've been meaning to connect you to on. Did you know, Patrick, that Rosie used to work at TGI Fridays and wore more flair than anyone I think that's ever worked there. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. my gosh. I If I wore the flare, then my tips went up. You know, I had a I had one of the hats that spun on the top, you know, with a, like a little beanie with a helicopter on yeah. top, the propeller. Yeah. And, <clears throat> oh, yeah, the crazier I got, the better the tips were. So, yes, I was not above going crazy for flare. Okay. And I, I worked at 35 different TGI Fridays, I think. I, I did. I toured with them for a while. And uh, the longer I worked for them, the less flair I wore till I, I was actually probably the poster child for that movie Office Space where they talk, they sit down <laughs> and they talk with Jennifer Aniston. And I did get that talk once from my boss that you just don't do any flair. And, uh, you know, little me and my, you know, my, my 27 years old, I think I was or 25, I said, I said, I'm the flair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you would and be f- fun and funny and entertaining with your customers Hence, you were the flair. Hence, I was, and and I would say, I said, if you if you wouldn't mind just looking um, at my sales at the end of the day, you'll see that you know uh, not only am I top guy alphabetically, but I'm top guy dollar wise because I didn't spend time on flair. I spent time on serving people. I, I just developed this philosophy that I said, well, what if I just took really good care of people, just really good care of people? Isn't okay. that funny how that works? Okay, now, but wait a minute. So I had the flair going. And I yes. took care of people, so mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna hold you on this one. Did well, did you come I, yeah. to the Fridays in Bloomington in uh, by the Radisson? 
Um, I think I've been there, yeah. But okay. I, I I worked in Schaumburg, Illinois, and Palm Beach, and then I worked a bunch of California ones. But, uh, but I, and I'm very anti-suspenders. I'll have you know. <laughs> well, and I want to I want to let you know how bold of a stance that is for a guy with no hips. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big stance. <laughs> yes, I mean I was probably born needing suspenders. Uh, I was born bow-legged, and I think my knees kept my slacks up. That was. <laughs> Well, I, I always wanted to make that connection with you two because Rosie was a, a big flair girl. So I just thought I wanted to make sure you guys know that you both worked there and you both had your yeah. own personal strategies and you were both very successful. Well, I don't know if she ever did this, but I used to do handstands in the sinks with my head underwater. So that was just <laughs> one of my little, my little pieces of flair. And I'm not kidding about that. That's actually something I did. Seriously? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, people would say can, can it started as as a joke during the 1984 Olympics, uh, synchronized swimming, and my friends and I came up with an idea to do a thing we called a sink dive, and we would all grab a sink and do a handstand with our feet up in the air, and uh, the crowd went crazy, and they would fill the tip jar. They said these these guys are going to need the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. So speaking of over the weekend, I, I heard through the grapevine, and by grapevine I mean you told me, that you yes. went and saw the new James Bond movie. I did. And it's like a three-hour movie, isn't it? I, I think it was. We went to this dine and recline, uh, and so I'm, I, every now and then, you you know how when you you close your eyes for just a brief second and you wake up, and the movies move pretty quickly, and you say, I think I might have missed something, but is it over? <laughs> So it, it actually, it went by uh, pretty quickly. I think it was maybe two and a half hours, and and certainly parts of it were very much like a James Bond film. But you know, they're I don't know if they're out of ideas or they said, you know, I don't think James Bond has fought space aliens yet. <laughs> let's let's, just, <laughs> let's throw that in there. It, yeah, it wasn't that, but. Uh, you know, and knowing that this was going to be Daniel Craig's last go round, and I have certainly grown to like him as James Bond. Yeah, I remember initially I thought, "What? That's he doesn't look anything like a James Bond." But uh, I, I, I've he he replaced a few. He replaced Roger Lazenby. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many Bonds have there been to see? Yeah, I've been eight. Pretty much. But it seems that every movie has got a hero and a villain. That is the premise, and they got that right from the Bible. There is a hero and yes. a villain, right? And yep. you even look at our earliest cartoons we watched. I, I assume you were a Popeye. You like Popeye, right? Yeah. I, I, how could you not like Popeye? Yeah, how could you not like Popeye? Was he ripping off the Bible? Because Popeye would say, I, I am what I am. Right. As opposed to I am that I am. <laughs> right, which is what it says in uh, in the Bible. And he could have been talking about yams for all we know, although we we know know. he was more of a spinach guy. He was more of a spinach guy. Yeah. Uh, but it was always impressive the way he'd squeeze that spinach can and it would ex- the spinach would explode out and find Now that used to bother ar- me. Arc way into his right into his mouth. Why? Why did that right bother you? Right into his you? mouth. Yeah, and also the, and of course he never got cut by the lid, which I think is actually a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. Uh, well, Okay, so he had to eat the spinach. Why did he eat the spinach? Well, he needed, he needed strength. He needed strength. So where did the strength come from to squeeze the can so hard that it popped open to give him the spinach, which gave him the strength? That was my next question. When you're at your yeah. weakest moment, how can you squeeze the can and pop the spinach open? It, maybe that just lets you know just how strong Popeye was. 
that it, in a, it, as weak as he was, he could still squeeze the sides of and believe back then those were steel cans. Oh, yeah. Popeye's from like oh, 1929 yeah. initially. Right. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. when I look at in the book of John, it talks about the, the, the seven I am statements that Jesus makes. Yes. He says, I am the bread of life. So this bread sustains physical life, but Christ offers and sustains our spiritual life. So that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there's the I am the light of the world. And this world is so lost in darkness that Christ offers this beautiful light and himself as a guide. Yeah. Should I keep going? Well, you I, I'm, it, I'm on a roll. You are on a roll, yeah. and you said there were seven, so... Yeah, I, that's two. Uh, what, Number three two, is, yes. I am the door of the sheep, that's John 10. And, of course, Jesus protects his followers as the, as the shepherds would protect their flocks from predators. So, I mean, he puts his his life in the way to protect. Beautiful. John eleven mm-hmm. twenty five, an old memory verse of mine, I am the resurrection and the life. So death is not the final word for those who are yeah. in Christ. And then, of course, I am the good shepherd. I think there's about 400 references in Scripture to us being sheep and about 100 references to God being the shepherd. So I am the good shepherd. So Jesus is committed uh, to caring for us and watching over those who are his. Yes. Okay. another memory verse for me is John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, of course, no one comes to the Father except by me, and Jesus is is the source of all truth and all knowledge about God. Right. Uh, right. Six down, one to go. I am okay. the true vine, John 15, 1. I am the true vine. So by attaching ourselves to Christ, being uh, abiding in him, we are enabling his life to flow in us and through us. So we're going to bear fruit out of the Father. That's my sermon are... for the day. Maybe well, I'll tell you can... what, I think there's one more. There Mark uh, 631. Uh, you did seven. Okay. One more. Mark 631. Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while, which is, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bonus one, right? That's the bonus one. Yes. All right. Uh, I, I love the definitiveness with of the statement, I am. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, I think we and, all, and of course, Christians should yeah. spend enough time learning these so we can have them as conversation when we're talking to the lost. Yeah, and, and let's not and forget that at the time that he was saying things like this, uh, that would rile up some people just a little bit. Uh, they might come pursue you for saying, for making statements quite that bold, you could say. Yes, I would say so yeah. too. All yeah. right, Patrick, I got a number of topics I want to discuss, uh, but I'm going to do it after the break. Patrick Albanese is my guest to get things started on this fantastic week. He is my friend and my colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. 
my head. I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Patrick Albanese is my guest to get things started here on this Monday. Patrick, I got uh, my wingman, Terry, pointed out Popeye, even at his weakest, still had his incredible grip strength. Come on. How can you miss those forearms? The most excellent point. Uh, his forearm. Yeah, they were really bigger than his thighs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did look a little uh, a little odd. I agree. And Olive was, uh, I think, just an unhealthy thin. Just an unhealthy thin. I'm going to put that out there. Olive oil. Yeah. She was uh, a little, little yeah. on the thin side, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Wimpy ate all the burgers. Left nothing for Olive, apparently. I don't yeah. know. Oh, hey, my, uh, you know how a couple of weeks ago, I, I and I don't know what the feedback is on this, but my son occasionally hits me with a joke that, I don't know if he writes these. I, I don't think so. I think he finds them in places, but I, I, I'm always surprised because he'll tell me something I haven't heard. <laughs> so he <laughs> the says, best kind, actually. I pick, yeah, I pick him up at school and he, he says, uh, I've got a joke for you. i got a joke for you. So, okay. He says, all right, a, a, a boy goes to his dad and says, Dad, can you explain to me what a solar eclipse is? And the dad says, no, son. Oh. It takes a <laughs> I like it. it. A, I like it. I just, you know, it took me a, it took me that couple of seconds too. I was like, oh boy, you got me. That was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> it's all the way you say it. It's all the way you say. That's it, a yes. cl- that's a clever, clever young man, your your son. Well, yeah, he's 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 going to take over the family business. Yeah, Cont- continue running it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so as oh, we have boy. a harder and harder time trusting the media and what we see because oh. of all of the craziness on social media, talk about if you would these deep fake videos and how problematic these could become in the world of misinformation and misrepresentation. And, and uh, first you know, of all, explain what they are. Yeah. It's basically, you know, they're fake videos. But uh, when, when, I guess when you say deep fake, so convincing. And uh, there was actually a, a story on it on 60 Minutes last night. But they say we're about five years away from being able to take a video of somebody. And then there's enough information in it. And if they speak enough that the uh, the intelligence in the computers can create any word and Oof. make it sound like it came from them just from the sounds they've made. They can put enough stuff together and then they can make the sound file of that person saying anything and then the video can match and they can make the mannerisms match. You could have somebody sit, like stand in in place and then you could morph the face into somebody else's like say Tom Cruise's face and his voice because there's enough audio samples and you would say that he said that I have it on videotape. I'm watching it right in front of my face and the, the experts, whoever they are claim that we're only about five years f- away from that being a reality. So imagine you can never trust your eyes again. But something like that could never be used as any kind of evidence in any kind of court of law, because I would think that that tape would be recognized as one that was manipulated. 
Yes. Uh, so you would probably have to start with, before we show you this tape, we're going to bring in our expert who will testify to the veracity, if, if that's the proper terminology, of this, that this is an authentic tape, not a manipulated tape. Mm -hmm. But won't you, won't you always have that lingering doubt? Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, having sat on a jury, you know, they give you a you know, pretty good speech on that um, shadow of a doubt type of, you know, if there's any part of you that says, gosh, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes you wonder how anybody gets convicted these days because uh, a good defense attorney can place just enough little doubt where you say, boy, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's why uh, Jay Warner Wallace, right, yeah. with his uh, cold case Christianity, who approached the, you know, the life of Jesus from the forensic right. evidence how would if he had to prove it in court? And he was a non-believer, I recall at the time. Uh, and he ran it through his forensic expertise and said, "Uh-oh, he's real. Mm -hmm. I have to change." Yeah. Not many things will be able to stand up to that kind of scrutiny, maybe in the future. But you know, isn't it amazing? The one guy a couple thousand years ago managed to stand up to that scrutiny. Mm -hmm. So when you look at some of the things going on. In the economy, I know they're starting to, some of the big uh, box stores, Walmart, Costco, I think they're starting to limit toilet paper sales. So now there's a little bit of a, a crunch, a supply chain crunch. And mm -hmm. then you've got uh, workers in uh, short supply, even I think to the point where it could start to affect things like 911. Ooh. Oh, boy. That's uh, I know that uh, where my wife works, um, proactively, they bumped wages up to compete with unemployment uh, a number of months back, uh, just in case people were tempted to, you know, and it, and it did, I think, for some people boil down to a financial decision. They had the money to do it. You know, a lot of these small businesses don't. But, uh, you know, I don't know how frequently you go out to little fast food places. I have a couple of kids and so we, we do the right thing and we feed them chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> but it is startling the number of places that you, you know, at first I thought it was just a, a COVID thing where they said, oh, you can't come in. You have to use the drive-through, but it's an employee thing. You know, you don't have to put four p kids at the counter. You, you know, you could, because they used to run a drive through and then they'd have four or five kids at the counter right. and they can't get the staffing now. So they say, we're closed inside here. Just go to the drive through because we can get by with half a staff there. And it's strange to sometimes go to try to get an early morning cup of coffee at places. And they say, we don't open until noon. <laughs> you know, something like, uh, yeah. Excuse me. Cough, coffee's not really good at noon. Yeah. It's really good at 6 a.m. So I don't know, but I can't imagine how, you know, what do you say? Uh, 911, I thought that was a pretty good paying job. You can't get people to do that. Well, I mean, they're talking about it could affect things like 911 operators. They're, they're looking out over the landscape uh, thinking these are the kinds of uh, businesses and industries and, and jobs that could be affected, which gets pretty scary. I mean, the airline industry could uh, find themselves in a big shutdown if there's a big, gigantic strike against um, pilots not wanting to get uh, vaccinated. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess it, I think it was Southwest you know, recently canceled all flights in one city. Yeah, yeah. They, they claimed that it was the weather, but I guess a couple of 
uh, pilots leaked out. They said, oh, no, it wasn't the weather. This is where uh, and I it, it's it's such a touchy issue, the whole, you know, the whole vaccine mandate. And, you know, now with a third shot being needed, it's you have to update your card. I think people are they're starting to have questions and. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just not being answered sufficiently for to convince people to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if it's a thing you convince somebody to do. I, it's if you, they say that if you've had COVID, uh, that you have what twenty seven times the of natural immunity immunity that over what the vaccine does, and the fact that they don't talk about that as a you know qualifying as a vaccine, I think upsets some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It could be it could be crazy out there. You're right. Yeah. Labor shortages. Oh, my. And people do say that they're you know, the the time off from covid made me rethink what I want to do for work or what I want to do for a living or I might retire early. So there is some of that shifting going on in the in the workplace right now. But we uh, we do have a big demand for jobs all over the place. Well, I I know one shift in Christian radio. Except in Christian, <laughs> well, I think um, I think a lot of people that were sent home during COVID because of their work uh, during that time looked for work that was COVID proof. Uh, that was a type of job that you could work from home and still draw a paycheck. And they switched their careers, saying maybe I don't need to be working in a place that I have to be there. I need to have a job that if this ever happens again. I can work from home and still draw a paycheck and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of shift to people looking for those opportunities. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this kind of breaking news today, but Dr. Fauci is uh, is going to encourage outdoor trick-or-treating this year. Really? So you have permission to do that. Uh, okay. I mean, obviously it's Halloween, so people wear masks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I guess or the scary costume is the no mask costume. That that's would, it. Oh, that, that's you're very scary. Yeah, that'd definitely be the scary wow. one. Yeah. That's uh that seems like a departure from him because I thought a week or two ago he said it was too soon to tell if we could celebrate Christmas together. So I think well, he backpedaled on that. I do think he okay. took that one back. Oh, good. Uh yeah, I don't think you're gonna stop people from spending time with their families. I and, don't think uh, ever. I, no, and I don't know what it's like uh, up in your neck of the woods, but uh, we have a, a Broadway show opening tomorrow, and the ticket sales look really big, and people are gathering, and boy, oh boy, I, I turned on a football game last night, and there were 70,000 people there. Yeah. I said, well, I, I don't know. They didn't test all these people. They're not wearing masks, so they're, they obviously have found a level of comfort and said, I think we're okay. That can, that's my only guess as to, you know, that they're out there and said, no, nah, we'll be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Patrick, you know, uh, I look forward to chatting with you on Mondays and I know listeners love it too. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks. You too. Yep. Patrick Albanese, of course, my friend to get things started on Monday, a little on the light side. I always enjoy that. We're taking a little break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix will happen. PDM, Pastor David Miles has got a special guest, Joanne Lundberg. She's going to join us as well into the mix. That's why we call it the mix. We're going to talk about the influence of grandparents. That's all next.
Monday. Yes, it is. It's time now for the Monday afternoon. What time is it, Rosie Next. D? It is ma'am time. Ma'am time. Ooh, Ooh Monday, Monday afternoon. afternoon. Mix, 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 mix. And we know that's Pastor David Miles, PDM, and Rosie B. And we've got a special guest with us today, Joanne Lundberg. Joanne, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to talk today's topic about the influence of grandparents. So all you grandparents out there, burn it up. Word. I mean, you know, really... You're, uh, we've talked about this before, Bill. We've had time to dig into God's Word because here on The Mix, we talk about discipleship of the Lord and discipleship and followership. And there's so many different ways that Scripture speaks to the importance of elders and of grandparents. You know, there's kind of like this real firmness to them. And I was thinking about it actually this morning. Um, had a guy stop by because I had some tree branches that are up and they need to kind of come down. Well, they don't kind of need to come down. They're broken off. And there's this two big trees in my backyard. I think one's like about 75, 80 years old and the other one's close to 100. But there's something about looking at those trees. And Tammy and I noticed them when we moved in, just something about the strength and the stability and just kind of the longevity that they'd been here and they've made their mark. And in in ways today and kind of our really like blowing all over the place culture, I kind of have a picture of grandparents that God wants to do that. There's something very staid and subtle about them. And, And so I'm delighted today that we get to, to remind that wonderful group of people about this reality. So I think it's going to be great, Joanne, if we can just remind, not that they anyone needs reminding, but the critical importance of grandparents in this season of life that we're in. Absolutely. Um, actually, culture, our culture, trivializes the role of grandparents. And actually, the church kind of missed it, too. You know, we have a lot of parenting stuff happening seminars, books, classes, but nothing for grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, And when we realize that grandparents are second in influence to parents, not the school, not the church, actually church is fourth in influence, um, we, we need to be equipped. We need to be ready and plan and have a, be purposeful about our grandparenting did you hear that, grandparents? You're number two, although you believe you're number one. <laughs> True. And, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing wrong with that. Joanne, I have a question. So grandparents are number two. Why is that? Is it uh, because of influence of their proximity? Is it because they just have this, un, uh, you know, you can't get your arms around the love of a grandparent for their grandchildren. I have several siblings that I've watched them, and they're different people with their grandchildren. Their mm. their love is is uncontainable. So, can you talk a little bit about why grandparents are mm. so influential? Well, first, I think because it's a God given role. Mm. God said, you know, pass it on to the third and fourth generations, and I think um, it's the love the love we have, and the time we have to give. We have resources. We have time. Um, we're healthier now than grandparents of former generations and uh, more involved with our grandkids because so many of us are caring for them mm. because child care is so outrageously priced. So I think that, and then even in long-distance grandparenting, we have all the technology 
so that we can stay involved with those grandkids. My grandma had 53 grandkids. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. My wow. mom comes from a family of 10, and one of them was a Catholic priest, so go figure. <laughs> oh, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's nine. That nine, nine siblings produced 53 kids. That's Man. crazy. I know. Oh. I know. That's an average of five per family. Did one family have like 15? Uh, no, I think one had eight or nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of kids. A lot of kids. But let's get back to the topic at hand, just the importance of uh, and grandparents. And Joanna, I'd love to hear your story a little bit, your testimony on, on starting this ministry I want you okay. to talk about. Okay. Well, as always, you watch the Lord's hand in it. And I happen to hear about this grandparenting conference that was going to happen in at Grace Eden Prairie and jumped on it and went down and oh man I was so moved those couple of days that I came back and I talked and talked and talked about we had to start a grandparenting ministry we had to, somebody's got to do this and I talked about it long enough that the church staff finally said um when you retire from children's ministry how about staying on and starting a grandparent ministry wow. And I shouldn't say grandparent ministry. I should say grandparenting because it's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's learning to, uh, it's a verb. So they it's, found a way to get you to stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. So I just jumped on do it. it. <laughs> I jumped on it and, you know, just started in. There was no pattern yet. There was nobody else on a church staff anywhere doing a grandparenting ministry. So, you know, you go to the Lord and you just start uh, talking to people about what, what what do you need as a grandparent? You know, so we got a hold of the DVD series that of the Legacy Coalition uh, Summit that I had gone to, and I used those. I brought grandparents in and I had these great speakers talk to them, and all of a sudden they're all excited. And then we need resources. So then I started in getting resources and the legacy coalition was started by Larry Fowler who is who was CEO of Awana became a grandparent and went looking for books found one mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing yeah. in a bookstore found one on grandparenting so they started the coalition with a bunch of um, ministry leaders that reti- were retiring and were now grandparents and they started writing books so I you know there's a dozen books out there and DVD series and mm-hmm. and seminars, webinars, all kinds of things. They just keep keep uh, producing and yep. <laughs> equipping to equip wow. us. So what are some great uh, pieces of wisdom for grandparents? Oh, mm-hmm. you have to be intentional. You yeah. have to make a plan. You can't just say, okay, when the kids come, we'll... If it works out, we'll talk about the Lord. No, you got to get some books. You got to get some maybe DVDs. Um be intentional about time you spend with them, maybe reading Christian books or doing a, a art project that ties in um, uh, a spiritual lesson or lesson, story. Yeah, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And also be prepared to tell your own story, how God yeah. has used you um, or how God has blessed you, what he means to you the things he has done in your own life, and in that way you pass on to them this the roots, you yeah. know? The, so, mm-hmm. Not to put you on the spot, but if David and I and Rosie were three of your 
grandkids, how would you start to share your story with us? Probably a photo album. Okay. To start with. And what would you be showing in that photo album? Um, some of their heritage, okay. some of the people. And, you know, here was my grandpa. He prayed for me before I was born. And here's my great grandpa. He prayed for me when my mom was baby. <laughs> you know, he and just show them that they had a heritage. Mm. Um, and, you know, you talk about, okay, I went to church, I went to Sunday school, and had a great Sunday school, and I learned these things, and what I loved was VBS, and, you know, talking about where God touched my life. And, um, you know, in a children's choir. And one of the songs that meant so much to me, and I still sing it to my kids. It's make me a blessing to someone today. Mm. All those kinds of things that you see where God shaped you and then um, encouraging them to follow suit, I guess. Yeah. Thank you, Joanne. I I think, too, one thing that's just is amazing. We're a culture um, of stories and, and scripture tells the story of God and the story of mankind and the story of salvation. And and so sometimes grandparents, um, and I just want to also encourage the parents to be lovingly encouraging the grandparents as well, telling your story. So one of the things this morning when I was meeting with this guy to look at cutting down these branches, and was chatting with him a little bit because he lives here, but he's originally from Utah. And he said, you know, Dave, one of the most meaningful things that happened was we took out a video camera and we sat down and videotaped and let our grandparents tell stories. Mm. And he said, my, my grandfather was like, my great-grandfather, he was like in, the, in World War II and had to work with artillery. And he goes, here's a story that he was telling. And I actually shared about how the name was originally Anderson, but the Danish were working with the Germans. So his last name, he says, my last name is actually not true. They switched it to Anderson. And I was like, holy moly. But he said, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the room as we started hearing what God had did and our grandparents. And he's like, you know what? I almost didn't even know about this. Like, I didn't almost, I almost didn't know about this heritage that I had. And so I love that. I, I really do. And, and, you know, I wish that's one of the things that I miss about my mom. It's just my mom being able to tell my kids, you know, stories of how God had been at work in her life because I've heard some of them and I'm just like, wow. It's scary to think that some of that information can be gone forever. Yeah. Like who, who could I go ask about this? And you start to think, I don't know when it comes to some family stuff. That's why, you know, grandparents, if they can take out their iPhone or their smartphone Mm -hmm. and have some fun telling some stories and start laying down some legacy moments, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. One of the most meaningful Christmases was with uh, Tammy's folks, and Tammy's dad loved him, just an incredible man, and he's more quiet-spoken. And we were sitting around the table talking, and all of a sudden he started talking about when he was a kid. And I kid you guys, there was not a dry eye in the room, and it, it was like this holy hush just fell over the room as we listened to Leroy share. And, and so, you know, there's such a, it's like the trees I'm telling you about, there's such a substance and rootedness and power um, in the life of grandparents in that generation that sometimes um, they might not recognize, which is why we're, we're talking about it today. Yeah. 
Pastor David Miles has brought a special guest, Joanne Lundberg, in today. We're talking about the influence of grandparents and also uh, an event coming up, which I think can be seen around the world because it's going to be streamed online. You can learn more about that at LegacyCoalition.com. We'll learn a little bit more about that after the break. But we're continuing our talk on grandparents and how incredibly loved you are, how incredibly important you are. Number two in the kids' lives, in the grandkids' lives. And that is such a big deal. And I know you pray for them. I know you care about them. I know you love them beyond words. And it's so important, the work you're doing in their lives. We'll be right back with lots more. afternoon mix pastor david miles pdm and rosie b we have a special guest today joanne lundberg talking about the influence of grandparents david you had a great passage a great comment during the break i do want you to retell that oh yeah i mean like beautiful beautiful passage that deals with this is second timothy chapter one uh and paul is writing and and this is about listen it's about guarding the deposit entrusted in you and he says in verse three i thank god whom i serve as i did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And for this reason, I remind you to fan it to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control." And and that passage just, it it oozes with so much. I mean, because when it says, you know, for this reason, the reason that he reminds Timothy to fan into flame is because of the prayers of his mother and grandmother. So, I mean, like when you're reading scripture, the impact of grandparents is huge. Now, now some will say, you know, PDM, you know, I'm, I'm listening on the Hartford channel and, you know, and I, I have kids down in Omaha where we also have our Omaha family as well. And it's like, you know, what is that? We have to stop and remember Timothy had traveled with Paul during his missionary journeys. Remember he was born in Lystra and Derby, but he came back and he traveled all these places so the impact of grandparents praying for their kids, even when they're not geographically local, is profound. And I think, you know, Bill, Rosie, and Joanne, sometimes we read Scripture and we kind of forget, like, the contextualization of what we're going through. What, what does the Old Testament constantly say? He said, I'm the God, God would show up and say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Dad, grandfather, great-grandfather. Mm-hmm repeatedly, and they repeatedly would remind the nation of Israel about your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy, and then after that, many generations down the line, they'd come back to this very rootedness um, of history. And so that's, that. I love it. I really love it. I do too. Thank you for that comment, PDM. So, Joanne, talk about the 
how we can be as grandparents more intentional about praying? There are books, and um, I know the Legacy Coalition, we've talked about them, LegacyCoalition.com, they have prayer plans like prayer placemats, bookmarks, so that you are going through the scriptures, praying for their integrity and Mm. their love and their kindness and their gentleness, praying all the characteristics that should be that we want in their lives. So not just the regular bless them and protect them um, and prosper them. And then also something I learned uh, at the very first summit I went to um, that moved me so much. It was Kevin Harper, and he spoke on the blessing. Well, I'd never had a blessing said over me. Of course, Jewish kids do every bar mitzvah or every Sabbath. They'll have a blessing set over them. So I thought, how do you do that? So I learned all by myself, going in and looking at all the blessings in the scripture and and making them my own and texting them to my two oldest grandkids. And they, I've been doing this for five years, every week, sending out a blessing. And now with the babies, I bless them, I do a Levitical blessing or you know, kind of change up the wording a bit as I'm comfortable and, and they and they grow and understand, before they leave, I say a blessing over them. And with the hope that uh, this will be protection for them, kind of a God is in my life. God is over my life. He is uh, listening to my grandma saying these words for me and that it will carry them so, life. so instead of saying, yeah, give grandma a hug before you leave, yeah. you actually give them a blessing. I do. I bet you get a hug too. Yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> there was a pause most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Like, no, I do. I always do. But when they're really tiny, I'm saying the blessing and they're just kind of squirming and want to get away from me. But um, it's, I want it to be a habit. I like that. But they hear. A great idea. Well, you know, Dr. Gary Chapman, who's been with us before, he wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. Mm. And one of the love languages, what? Words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, almost like letting kids hear the good because they hear so much bad. And even, you know, the parents, like affirming the parents as grandparents and being that that voice um, in their life. Now, we're, we're talking about grandparents, and just for a brief moment, I just want to make a quick flip. When I was in college, I read a book, picked it up on clearance. It was called The Mature Man by David DeWitt. And in it, he talked about this transition of being a boy and growing into manhood. And we often stop there. We think, oh, they're a man, wonderful. But it actually said going from a man to being a patriarch. Mm. And so we're talking to, to grandparents but there are some young men, some some teenagers, yep, you, 13-year-old listening to this program as you're riding in the car with mom and dad, that your aim is say, Lord, make me, allow me to grow into being a man, but also to be a patriarch. What's a patriarch? A patriarch is a person who lives for a time that they won't see. They prepare a generation knowing that they won't be here forever, but they're pouring in. So as we're encouraging grandparents to say, it's not just about retirement and, and checking out. God wants to use you, but also to say to boys and young men and men, 
look at the look at the the incredible thing and allow God to prepare your life for when you become a grandparent to become a patriarch. Joanne, is it wise for kids to encourage their parents to be more proactive with their kids? Gee, mom and dad, I would love for you as grandma and grandpa to be more intentional, like like blessing them as we leave or one of the practices that you have. I oh. mean, when is the word blessing never a good idea? It's always a good right. idea. Right? Yeah, that's a um, good point. Yes, uh, I absolutely think I mean, how parents have... out there should be encouraging their parents encouraging their parents to be involved to pass on their story to their legacy of faith to be intentional yeah yeah that's my profound thought for the day pdm <laughs> you have a lot of profound i, I don't was gonna say he's coming out of the yeah shoes. he has a bunch of <laughs> yes them, today you know. he's so strong with his i am's before this yeah rosie i love your wisdom and so mm-hmm. so I, I look at probably your family as well people mm-hmm. pouring in so, so we're having this conversation grandparents what what are your thoughts on that well i you know, I was thinking, um, Bill said earlier, it's sad to know that some of these memories have passed through now, that we don't have track of them. Mm-hmm. And that was very much my family's history. Um, it was very much, uh, you know, kids should be seen and not heard. And so time with our grandparents, but there was a lot of us, right? So time with our grandparents was fleeting. However, what I'm thinking of right now is that for myself, I'm not a grandparent yet. Hopefully someday I will be. But there's this chance to reset, you know, if you came from a family that maybe that you didn't have as much, you know, time with your grandparents or you didn't learn how to be a grandparent, there's a time to reset it very differently. I think of Ancestry.com and the longing, you know, how successful that industry is. The longing for us to know our roots is, as you said, David, earlier, it's just innate. It's biblical. Yeah. And so we have this chance. So I'm kind of warm and fuzzy inside right now thinking, when I'm a grandparent, I'm going to have a t- chance to do this. And Joanne, what about if your legacy is not one of, of a, a rich spiritual heritage and Just, you became a Christian in your, when you were 50? So yeah, your, yep. your stories to your ga- grandkids mm-hmm. aren't one of a rich tradition. Right. But you still have a testimony of when the Absolutely. Lord touched your life and yes. how he got a hold of it and how, you know, I always thought, wow. To have that difference, wouldn't that be wonderful to say, this is the way I was, and now I'm like this? You know, um, there's something wonderful in that, too, because you really have um, the change to talk about, the change that God brings to a life. And I think that's of great value. And, you know, there's something about mistakes made and, and what it costs the family, too, there's lessons in that. Just like when we make mistakes and say, you know, I'm just human. I make mistakes. I'm sorry. You're teaching them how to say, you know, I'm, I made a mistake. I did something wrong. But God forgives me, and I'm asking you to forgive me. Yeah. What if, so, the, what if your kids aren't allowing you to see the, the, your grandkids? Well, that mm. is, that's a real thing now. Oh, I know it is. But yeah. there, um, there are ways. I mean, you still can pray. And God still hears those prayers, and He can do it, right? Mm-hmm. He can change it. And I think, I think, Rosie, did you say it? You just love them. You said it too. Love, 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 love mm-hmm. um, those uh, grandkids, and look for whatever thing you can do to show them. You know, it's drop a note. Yeah, they love snail mail. Right. Yeah. And then always put a 20 in that note. (laughs) That's helpful, too. That will guarantee them to open the envelope, right? (laughs) All right. Um, Tell us a little bit about the conference coming up at New Hope Church. 
okay. satellite because there's they're all over yeah. the country, aren't they? They are. There's uh, Birmingham, Alabama, is the host. Uh, that's where the live conference is happening. It's called the Summit, and uh, it's being broadcast to a live feed to 110 different churches across the country. Um, and their their plan with this was. You know, just like I said, we haven't got much time. As grandparents, we're running out of time. We got to be intentional and make a plan. They did too, and they said we got to reach more grandparents. So, um, yeah, that's great speakers for two days. Nice. Um, and they go to legacycoalition dot com to learn more about that slash summit. Legacycoalition dot com slash summit. Mm-hmm. That's right. great. And Bill, you know, it's cool. Someone this morning got up, had a devotion, and they said, you know what? I play tennis and a game of golf or, you know, but what is there to life? And Lord, how might you want to use me? And today you're hearing someone who asked the same question. Mm -hmm. So as you're listening today, God may want to encourage you to start a similar ministry to grandparents. Fantastic. Joanne, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you for giving me You fit into the mix well. I'll just (laughs) say that right now. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have our two all just ahead, Jared Stevens and uh, Chris Palmer. Again, LegacyCoalition.com slash Summit. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.